Our scripture reading today will be from the Gospel account of Luke, chapter 13, beginning in the 22nd verse. Luke, chapter 13, beginning in verse 22. And he was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone had said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he had said to them, Strive to enter by the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Good evening. Good to see everybody here tonight. Finally, get a chance to take that mask off. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the scripture reading this evening. It's it's not the passage that we'll be looking at this evening, but it's a companion passage in the book of Luke. Uh, if you would be turning to the book of Matthew, chapter seven, uh, specifically verses thirteen and fourteen. So. This morning, as Brother Everett mentioned, um, this lesson will be presenting nothing new. These are all things that we as Christians know. Uh, I would consider this one of the many golden passages out of Scripture. Um, I recall from 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Where Peter says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye, ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So we're just covering something we all already know. Um, Okay. So I would turn your attention to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. So, are we on the right way? Everyone is on a spiritual journey as they travel through this life. Whether religious or not, we travel a spiritual path <clears throat> every day we make choices that affects the direction in which we are headed. Many people think that the paths we can travel are many. In one sense, that may be true. There are all kinds of religions. But in another sense, there, there are really only two paths. From Matthew, Chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke of these two ways. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So, here he answers again the question from Luke chapter 13. Are there 
many who will enter. And he says, and few there will be that find it. So we see a sharp contrast between the two ways that lie open before men. Each way has its own beginning and each has its own end. One way is heavily populated, the other is traveled by few. As every person will travel one direction or the other, we need to ask these questions. Where are we on our spiritual journey or our spiritual sojourn? Where are you in your spiritual sojourn? Are we on the right way? Are we heading in the right direction? So to answer such questions, let's look a little closer at what Jesus said. First, there are two gates. The wide gate. For wide is the gate, verse 13 says. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. So the wide gate represents the beginning of the way that leads to destruction. It is described as wide. Evidently, it is a gate which allows many to enter with no sacrifice on their part. It does not require giving up anything. The broad or wide gate is sufficiently large for man to enter without laying aside his cargo of sin. Because it is so large, any kind of sin can enter its portals. A man can pass through this gate without making so much as a change in his life. It is a gate of convenience, sin, self-righteousness, false notions, vice and follies of all sorts can easily pass through this gate. Man must make no changes in his life to pass through the wide gate. One is allowed to bring along whatever baggage they desire. For example, materialism, prejudice, hatred, an unforgiving spirit. Uh, believe whatever one wants to believe. The wide gate is therefore chosen by most people. It is chosen because there are no restrictions concerning belief and behavior. It also opens the way to the path of least resistance. Let it also be observed that every man has made his choice to enter one gate or the other. No man is on neutral ground. Perhaps there is someone who thinks that he is not walking through the wide gate, although he has never chosen to pass through the narrow gate. Friends, we choose the wide gate when we decide to go along with the crowd in the telling of filthy stories, rather than be ostracized by taking our stand for righteousness. We choose the wide gate when we decide to tell a lie, when telling the truth would cause us pain. Already we are walking down the broad way if we are not in the narrow way. Then second, the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. It says in Matthew chapter 13, the King James Version says straight. This gate represents the beginning or starting point to the way that leads to life. 
Why is it narrow? Because it's a gate which requires self-denial and obedience. In Matthew 16 and verse 24 we read, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The narrow gate has no room for a consuming desire for earthly goods. Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. An unforgiving spirit, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Self-righteousness, there's no room for it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So the narrow gate has, doesn't have room for these. The word straight in the King James Version is not synonymous with straight, which means not crooked. Rather, it means narrow, compressed. This describes a gate which has a small opening. The straight gate requires that man make changes and alterations in order to enter it. Man cannot enter this gate as he naturally is. Jesus is teaching that Christianity is not a come-as-you-are party. Rather, Christianity requires that man alter his life in order that he can enter the straight or narrow gate. To enter the straight or narrow gate, a man must lay aside the old man of sin, Colossians 3 and 5 through 10. He must cease to be self-willed, Matthew 16, verse 24. The sinful things of this world must all be discarded, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Inasmuch as the gate is narrow and compressed, the man must alter his life in order that he can pass through the gate. We can think of a man carrying a large cargo, trying to enter a small gate with a low overhead. In order to pass through the gate, the man must remove some of his cargo. Similarly, in order to enter the narrow gate, man must lay aside his cargo of sin. These two gates are only the starting points. Let's now take a closer look at the fact that there are two ways. First, the broad way. Broad is the way, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 says, enter the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it. So the broad gate leads to a broad way. The broad way allows men to do anything he so desires. The man who walks in the broad way can pursue wealth chase women. The man who walks in a broad way can forsake the Lord, use profanity, dabble in oriental religions, and believe any human philosophy. The broad way makes no restrictions on man, except that he stay out of the narrow way. The way that leads to destruction is broad because it allows any behavior one desires. Uh, it allows no need for reformation or changes in one's lifestyle. Many people love this path. They think they are free. They believe that they are open-minded. They view themselves as tolerant of others in this same way. 
The broad way is the path of ease, which requires little or no effort. The statement has been truthfully made that the course of least resistance is that which makes both rivers and men crooked. Since this is the easy way to travel, it is possible to just drift into this way, the narrower constricted way. If you are willing to pursue the way of sacrifice, only a small number in any generation will really seek first the kingdom of God as Jesus plainly requires from Matthew 6 and verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to you. The narrow gate leads to a narrow way. This reminds us of just how narrow truth really is. A person is either in the way of truth or is in error. The path in which a man walks is hedged in by the law of God. God has forbidden the way of the flesh, specifically forbidding adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, etc., and demanding that the Christian be a man of love, joy, peace, etc. We see both of these spelled out in Galatians chapter 5, 19 to 25. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So he has given the narrow way for man in his worship of God. He has described the nature and kind of worship which he desires, and man is expected to walk in that narrow way. Hence, the narrow way is the way of the man who walks by faith, in effect, walking within the revelation of God, and not by sight, his physical senses or reason. Difficult is the way, verse 14 from the New King James Version, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Uh, the way is narrow from the New American Standard. Narrow is the way from the King James. The gate which is narrow and the way which is straightened are represented alike as being difficult. The picture is one of a narrow and difficult path between two cliffs. The way that leads to life is difficult because it requires a righteousness that exceeds that of many religious people. From Matthew 5 and 20, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. The way that leads to life is difficult because it requires self-control and self-denial, and therefore it is a more rigorous way to travel. The way that leads to life is difficult because it requires a change in our behavior. We should note 
the rest of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, but there's not time for that. Because of its difficulty, one does not simply drift along its course. Effort is required. Therefore, many choose not to travel its path. Many enter one way, few enter the other. Many always enter the easiest way. In religion, notice the growth of the faith-only and the grace-only groups. Many think that the narrow way is too confining. Many think that the way that leads to life is too narrow-minded. As Jesus describes the two gates and the two ways, he also reminds us that there are two groups. First, the many. The broad way is traveled by many. Just as water travels the course which offers the least resistance, so also most people travel the way which allows them to do as they please. The hordes of mankind will always choose to do evil over good because it is so much easier. Hesiod, the Greek poet, wrote, Wickedness can be had in abundance easily. Smooth is the road, and very nice she dwells. But in front of virtue, the gods immortal have put sweat. Human nature is such that man prefers the easy road to the sweat. Consequently, the greater proportion of humanity has chosen to walk through the wide gate and down the broad way. Matthew 7 and 13, there are many who go in by it. We have seen reasons why this is so. The entrance is wide. Come as you are. No change is necessary. The way is broad. Make your own rules. Believe what you want. Do what you want. This is the way that people travel by default. Unless they are actively seeking the narrow path, this is the one they will travel. And then we see the few. This is the other group traveling one of the two different ways. The group which enters the narrow gate and walks in the narrow way is composed of few. Only a few men will ultimately be saved. We recognize that this is contrary to popular opinion. Popular opinion states that God's mercy will triumph over his judgment in order to save the man who is walking the broad way. Yet, God's revelation plainly states that only a few will be saved. From Luke chapter 13 verses 23 and 24. God cannot be true to his word and save those who are traveling the broad way. Hence, only a few will be saved. There are few who find it, Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. As proven true so often in the past, only few will be saved. For example, in all of Sodom and Gomorrah, the few were less than 10, from Genesis chapter 19. During Noah's time, the millions lost in the flood versus the eight saved on the ark, 1 Peter 3 and 21. Another example, the hundreds of thousands lost in the wilderness versus the two who entered the promised land, Caleb and Joshua. So Jesus warned on another occasion from Luke 13, 23 and 24. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. That it must be found suggests effort must be extended. <clears throat> As Jesus said in Luke 13 and 24, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Even then, not all will be saved. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. 
Not just effort is required, but the right kind of effort. From Matthew 5 and 6, and chapter 6 and 33, we, we read in both those passages, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And then from Matthew 6 and 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Finally, we note there are two destinations. The two different gates, which lead to two different ways, and which are traveled by two different groups, lead to two different places. That first destination would be destruction. The wide gate which leads to the broad way and which is traveled by many eventually leads to destruction. For Matthew 25 and 41. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So eternal punishment of the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angel, hell, awaits those who have decided to walk the broad way. Though the broad way is much easier to travel, the destination to which it leads makes one desire not to walk that way. The undisciplined, immoral life results in eternal destruction. Broad is the way that leads to destruction in Matthew 7 and 13. Paul wrote of the everlasting destruction that is to come in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. And to give relief to you who are afflicted along with us when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These people will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So, everlasting destruction that is to come upon those who know not God, upon those who obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. John described it as a lake of fire in Revelation 20 and 15 and 21 and 8. The most sobering thought are these words of Jesus. There are many who go in by it, from verse 13 of chapter 7. And then the other destination is life. The narrow, or straight, from the King James, gate, which leads to the narrow way, and which is traveled by few, leads to life. Life is understood to refer to the eternal life which God has prepared for his saints in heaven. Notice that life is not a present possession. The man does not receive life upon entering the gate, <clears throat> but at the end of the narrow road. Eternal life is available to those who want to put forth the effort to obtain it. God has made it accessible to men. Difficult is the way that leads to life, from verse 14. This life is the everlasting or eternal life received at the judgment. From Matthew 25 and 46, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. It is the gift of God given at the end. From Romans chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, but now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. 
for the wages of sin is death, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life to those who have been set free from sin. Romans 6, 3 through 7. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for the one who has died is free from sin. Eternal life to those who become slaves of God and of righteousness, from Romans 6, 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were entrusted. And after being freed from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. Eternal life to those who bore the fruit of holiness, Romans 6, 20 and 22. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in relation to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you deriving from the things which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit, resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. Another sobering thought that these words are these words about the way that leads to life. He says, there are few who find it from verse 14. So in conclusion, <clears throat> the call to enter the narrow gate implies that whosoever desires to walk on a narrow way may enter. The blessings of the gospel are available to the one who wishes to participate in them. Revelation 22 and 17. <clears throat> God's blessings are given without respect of persons. Christ's blood was shed for the whole world so that salvation could be offered to all men. Titus 2 and 11 and 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. The call to enter also implies that man must do something to get the life which God has prepared for him. To participate in God's blessings, man must act. God has already done all that he will do to save us. Man must respond to his gospel to receive his grace. Every man must enter. In other words, make some conscious choice to walk in God's way in order to be saved in the end. So we've seen that Jesus describes two gates, two ways, two groups, and two destinations. Are there many roads that lead to heaven? Many people like to think so. Many people think that all religions lead to heaven. Many people think it really doesn't matter what you believe or do, as long as you are sincere. But according to Jesus, there are only two roads, or two ways. <clears throat> One leads to life, heaven. The other road, filled with many people, with many different beliefs, leads to destruction. So, are you on the right way? The only way that leads to life. We're all going to make a choice of the road which we're going to travel. <clears throat> the choice which we make is going to determine whether we will spend eternity in heaven or in hell. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, from John 14, verse 6. And the way that he provides is a narrow one, for he requires that people keep his commandments. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. So will you be among the few or the many? 
Moses said, see, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 and 20. Similarly, Jeremiah wrote, Behold, I have set before you the way of life and the way of death. From Jeremiah 21 and verse 8. Now which will you choose? As Joshua says in, in chapter 24 and verse 15, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Also, <clears throat> the Hebrew writer says, Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. From Hebrews 5, 8 and 9. And finally, Jesus said, from Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So won't you let Jesus direct you along the narrow way that leads to eternal life. If this message would appeal to anybody, we would, that you would come forward while we stand and sing. <clears throat>